I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Do you have productivity paranoia? If you work from home and some of your colleagues work from the office, do you ever wonder, are they really working? Or are they whiling the day away, chit-chatting and getting coffee? Or how about vice versa? You work in the office and your colleagues or your direct reports are working from home. Are they really working? Or are they binge-watching Netflix and eating bonbons, possibly while getting mountains of laundry folded? If you find yourself constantly and obsessively asking yourself these questions and assuming that your colleagues are not working, you may have productivity paranoia. Essentially, productivity paranoia refers to a manager or a senior leader's uncertainty that their employees are working as effectively as they should be, quite simply because they can't see them. Late last year, Microsoft surveyed 20,000 people in 11 countries, not all Microsoft employees, by the way, and they found that 87% of employees report that they are productive at work, whether they're working from home or wherever. Yet 85% of senior leaders say that the shift to hybrid work has made it challenging to have confidence that employees are, in fact, being productive. And those numbers don't together add up. And that's given rise to a new term that's circulating in today's business vernacular, productivity paranoia. The Microsoft report described it as, quote, where leaders fear that lost productivity is due to employees not working, even though hours worked, number of meetings, and other activity metrics have increased. So there you have it, folks. The data shows that we're in more meetings, we're sending more email, we're making more mouse clicks and keystrokes on our keyboard, yet senior leaders are worried that people aren't actually working. So again, it's called productivity paranoia. So the visual cues of people working are gone, by and large, in the hybrid and work-from-home environment. Or if they're not gone entirely, they're very obscured. You can't just walk around and see people working in the office. They might be, you know, in the office in the old days, typing a document or an email or taking a phone call from a customer or physically walking to a conference room to a meeting, and you could see it. Now, they may be doing exactly those same things, sans walking to a conference room, but going to a meeting nonetheless, and senior leaders and colleagues can't see it. It's led to the rise of something that's called productivity theater, and that is when employees feel the pressure to show that they're working by keeping Teams or Slack green like they are available, showing that they're logged in and waiting for the next call or ping from a coworker. 
Now, some companies actually have productivity monitoring software, which I discussed a while back on this podcast, and we'll link that up in the show notes. Other times, managers are just watching for the green light to be on in the collaboration software like Teams or Slack. There's not necessarily any productivity score that is being garnered. Now, this is not, in fact, a new phenomenon. The term presenteeism has been around for decades. It was coined in the early 1990s by Carrie Cooper, an organizational psychology professor at the University of Manchester in England. It's a sibling to absenteeism. When someone's absent, they're not there and they're not working. Presenteeism differs in that the person is there and not working. Anyone who's ever worked in an office setting has absolutely seen it. The coworker who goes from the coffee station to a colleague's cube to talk, hardly ever about work, and then moves on to chat it up with the next person and so on and so on until it's lunchtime. After lunch, maybe there's a meeting with the team and then more of the same. Easy enough to pass the entire day away with small talk with colleagues and maybe an hour or two of actual work spread out across the day. That is presenteeism. And if you're overly worried about presenteeism, you might have productivity paranoia. Now, again, presenteeism was rife long before the pandemic. People who were worried about their job security were even more inclined to engage in the practice, coming into work when they were sick because they thought taking sick leave might hurt their career. It's practically unthinkable now that people would come into the office while sick. But plenty of people who are working from home are working while sick rather than taking proper sick leave for a whole variety of reasons. Now, anyone who has a mouse jiggler, if you don't know what a mouse jiggler is, it is a little device that you sit your mouse on and it jiggles your mouse. It keeps your mouse moving. So if you leave in the middle of your workday to run to the gym and get your workout in when the gym's less busy, you might have your mouse jiggler moving your mouse around so that your Teams or Slack stays green so that your manager thinks you're working. Now, anyone with a mouse jiggler probably feels like their leadership team or their immediate boss has productivity paranoia. Now, would an employee use such tactics like a mouse jiggler if they felt their company in general and their manager in specific trusted them? Well, I doubt it. And by the way, it's not just managers not trusting employees. According to a new survey by Envoy, less than a quarter, that is 24% of employees trust their colleagues to get work done remotely. <laughs> that means the remaining 76 are not trusting their colleagues to get work done remotely. So guess what? If you're not trusting your colleagues, they're probably not trusting you either. This is a two-way street, my friends. Now, there are some cases that have garnered a lot of media attention lately. Senior leaders are reporting egregious behavior by employees, like not opening their laptops for a full month. Now, this, according to ClearLink CEO James Clark, that he had people in his organization who didn't open their laptops for a full-on month. Now, we've got some serious problems there, folks. Part of the problem is indeed the employee, but if they could go for a full month without their lack of contribution being noticed by somebody, then I think we have a pretty serious management problem as well, not to mention the design of the work and the job itself. 
If a full four weeks can go by before leaders and colleagues notice that someone's not pulling their weight, well, that's not all on the employee. That's for sure. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Okay, well, why does this all matter? Why does it matter anyway? Why does it matter if senior leaders want to be productivity paranoid? Well, the biggest reason is retention. If someone doesn't feel trusted or they're being asked to return to the office without a viable reason, they may be inclined to look elsewhere. In fact, there's a really good chance they're going to look elsewhere. And chances are it's not your slacker who's going to start looking elsewhere. Your slackers already bought the mouse jigglers so that they can be binge watching Netflix or spending time with their new puppy or going to the gym during the workday or whatever it is that they do when they'd rather not be working. Now, as you've heard me say countless times on this podcast over the past few months, the labor shortage is real, my friends, and it is not going away anytime soon. And if you need the data to back that up, we'll pop the related shows in the show notes so that you can listen to what some of the population trends are that are leading to that workforce shortage. Now, for the ones who really aren't working and are using the mouse jigglers, well, that's just plain old lack of productivity. And if you're a manager, you need to be talking with those folks. You need to be coaching them and finding out what's going on. But with productivity paranoia, we're not really talking about that. We're not talking about an actual lack of productivity. We're talking here about paranoia. So a recent article on the World Economic Forum's website wrote about this topic, and it defines productivity paranoia as, quote, the obsessive suspicion that remote and hybrid employees are not working as efficiently as they would be if they were observable in the office end quote. Obsessive suspicion being the key words in that definition. Now, it is natural to wonder once in a while if an employee is really working, especially if there's some observable data, whether that be the missing green status on Slack or Teams, or an exceptionally long time in replying to email or voicemail. But there's a difference between wondering when there is observable data and obsessively suspecting that someone isn't working in the absence of data. Now, if you are susceptible to productivity paranoia, how can you keep yourself from getting hooked by it? This goes for colleagues as well as managers. Even if you don't have direct reports, you could have productivity paranoia about your colleagues. Again, recall that only 24% of employees trust that their coworkers are getting their work done when working from home. That is such a sad number, my friends. 
All right. Well, we need leaders who are open to moving away from pre-pandemic practices of observing butts in seats and observing people on the phone or typing emails or typing documents. I mean, you know just as well as I do that there were plenty of people prior to the pandemic who were doing that presenteeism or who were just whiling the day away, even if they weren't walking around talking to other people. You could easily kill a full workday and not get very much of anything done. Now, again, we need leaders who are open to moving away from those pre-pandemic practices where we have to see people. So let me give you four specific things that you can do. Now, you can do these, especially if you're a manager, but if you are a colleague who is inclined to a little bit of productivity paranoia on the part of your other colleagues who might be working from home, these will apply for you too. All right, so here we are. We've got four different things that you can do. Number one. In the absence of data to the contrary, assume positive intent. Most people are not trying to pull one over on you all the time. Now, if you have data that suggests otherwise, then hold the conversation. Find out what's at the heart of the matter if they're really not pulling their weight. And I've got lots of resources on difficult conversations if you need to have one. Number two, have check-ins and check-ups. Let me make the distinction here. A checkup conversation is about the work. Are you getting your work done? Is it getting done on time? Is it getting done to the level of quality that we're expecting and so forth? Checkup conversations are checking up on you about your work. Check-in conversations, on the other hand, are all about how you're doing. Those conversations build trust. Now, both types of conversations are absolutely necessary. But in this day of working remotely and working hybrid, we are often erring toward more of those check-up conversations, the conversations about the actual work and not about the person. And here we really run the risk of being very transactional in our communication with one another and not building the relationship, especially in the remote and hybrid settings. So number two, have the check-in conversations as well as the check-up conversations. Number three, Have an open conversation about work habits and working hours, the structure of the day, and so forth. If it's okay that an employee manages themselves something like a college student with work and leisure mixed throughout the day and then hitting the work harder in the evening in order to be prepared for the next day's classes, or in this case, meetings and project deadlines, and if that's okay with you, then let them know that. Now, if there are core work hours that you need them to be logged in and working, let them know that too. And if there are solid business reasons why they need to be working a straight up nine to five schedule, whether that's in the office or from home, just like they did pre-pandemic, let them know that too. When you have those open conversations, if they have other things going on, maybe they need to leave the house to meet the kindergartner at the bus stop at 3.30 every afternoon, and they're going to be away from their desk for 15 or 20 minutes while they do that. If you have a strong, trusting relationship, they will tell you that. And then you'll know not to schedule meetings at that time because, you know, a five-year-old probably shouldn't be walking home from the bus stop. It might not be safe, depending on what neighborhood they live in, uh, for that five-year-old to be walking home alone. So you can be flexible and make those accommodations if you're that manager, but only if you know that's what's going on. If you see them go from green to red for 20 minutes or half an hour in the middle of the afternoon without knowing what's going on, why then, yeah, you might get a little suspicious. So number three, have those open conversations so that you know what's going on with the employee and they know when it's okay to step away and when it's not. And number four, 
find out if they have enough work. Some employees who work from home are much more focused and they have fewer interruptions in their day and they may be bored. They may be knocking out the work in just a couple of hours and they might have capacity to take on extra responsibilities. Now, a note of caution here, if you're going to do this, do it in a way that the employee gets additional recognition or compensation or both. Don't just pile on more work. So let's say you've been trying out some of these options. How do you know if your efforts to preempt productivity paranoia are particularly paying off? Well, my work in consulting with and training organizations bears much similarity to that of Pamela Meyer, who recently wrote an article for the MIT Sloan Management Review that in general, trust and honesty in the organization result in a virtuous circle. The more trusting the workplace and the more trusting the relationships, the more productive its participants typically become. So you'll start to see it pay off if you're having these conversations if you are checking in instead of just checking up, and if you're assuming positive intent and granting trust, you will and you should start to see that virtuous circle kick in. You are trusting and then productivity remains strong or even goes up. Now, you'll know it's working when you stop suspecting and start trusting. As that trust grows over time, it will get stronger and more resilient. Now, if you're a manager, your direct reports will be more open with you in advance when they will be working irregular hours or stepping away at times that you might otherwise be looking for them. Now, they'll do this not as a cover their ass measure, but they'll do it because they respect and trust you and they know that you care about them. So they're willing to keep the lines of communication open and be transparent with you. The final word on productivity paranoia is that we are still in a relatively new way of working. (laughs) Okay, sure, it's been a few years, but in contrast to how work has been structured since, I don't know, before the Industrial Revolution or so, this is still new. (laughs) We need to manage in a way that is trusting and that promotes accountability and responsibility. And that means strong relationships. And those strong relationships come through open and transparent communication. End of story. All right, my friends, there you have it. Productivity paranoia and how to move beyond it. If you enjoy this content and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so that you get notified every time there's a new episode out. I'm also starting to make some other videos there. So even if you listen on a podcast player, you'll want to head over to YouTube forward slash Janelle Anderson, PhD, and subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Wherever you're listening or watching, please leave me a review. It helps other listeners find me and it just plain all makes me feel good. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.